0: Standing up in McKinney, this is According to Callus. Episode 519, coming to you on the 30th of October, 2023. And what do you know, it's a McKinney Monday. But it's a special McKinney Monday because we're going to spend some time reviewing some of the election stuff that's going on right now. Now, I got to say, last week I deferred, I did a little video I deferred to people that were in a better situation to know about those than were my own. However, some interesting things have transpired over the last uh, week indicating that, well, there's a little difference of opinion on what Proposition 1 or A means, and some people changed their support. Uh, You know, I know supposedly Sid Miller is for expansion of hemp production. But apparently some of my conservative friends see that as nothing more than pot. And uh, I get it. I do. Uh, But I am concerned about some of the laws that are written or constitutional amendments that are made that promptly get disabused uh, for the benefit of big businesses. But what people seem to forget is big businesses actually front and pay for most of the laws that are written in the first place. So before I get into the meat of the day, let me just say the best way to help me make a difference, keep growing the audience, is to like, share, and subscribe to the podcast. Follow it. Join me on the social media. I have both a page and a group. If you follow me there, it makes a difference. If you go to the podcast and you follow whatever your specific podcatcher is, it matters not just that you follow and you add it. And if you're feeling particularly motivated, you can rate and review this program. And as I get into the meat of the day, shall we say, let me remind you that it is very easy to go off in one direction. That, that is the easy way to grow an audience. It is also easy to grow an audience if you spend all your time talking about national or even international issues of which we have zero control. I mean, it would be very easy to come here and rant and rave about the latest crisis overseas or the, the latest, um, crazy thing, for lack of a better word, that's going on in D.C., but I have chosen, to your benefit, to my benefit, to focus on things that happened at the Texas state level and closer home. Now, I do try and pay attention to things that go on in the city of Dallas. I do, because living in Collin County, everything we do is affected by what's going on in Dallas. But once again, there's very little that I can do, or even you can do, to change the outcome in Dallas. Now, potentially if we get, you know, a couple thousand followers of this and, you know, I get, um, I don't know, 15,000 downloads a day, maybe just, maybe we could do something about that. But for right now, we're going to have to focus on what we can do. What we can do is affect change right here in our back door. Now, as we want to uh, give credit where credit is due and talk about the failings such as they may be, let us pivot. We have these bond elections. Now, I will tell you my default answer to every bond is always no. Now, if you can sell me on why taking more debt on is a better way to fund something, I may change my mind. So, we have got city bonds, county bonds, state bonds. You know, everybody wants more money. They, they have no problem spending money to take more money. Funny how that works, isn't it? They have all our money in the first place, and then they turn around and tell us they're going to take more and, quote-unquote, ask for our permission while lobbying us with our very own money. It's funny how that works. Now, they... Do it all legal like, right? It's it's following the, or I should say, dotting the i's and crossing the t's and following the law. But as we've seen, that is not always the case. There's been multiple ethics violations, uh, accusations been made on both sides of the aisle. If they, if you want to go that direction, both in the city level and our fair uh, school district. Now, Collin County's got bonds. There's A, B, C, D, and E. And I got to tell you, I don't have any major issues with any of them. They're all quite reasonable. The problem is, is it's going to end up costing us more money or more appropriately cost us money for a longer period of time. In theory, you're supposed to pay bonds off and not have additional bonds. In theory, you should be able to put money away so at some point you can spend it on a bigger expense. In theory, you can budget this out. But as a practical matter, that doesn't always happen that way. Now, for the last two years or the two uh, budget cycles, Cowan County has had to raise their taxes. There is not a net benefit or I should say a net No new revenue, I guess would be the way to phrase it. It's going to cost us more money. Now, some of that is because of the crazy that's been going on in spending in D.C., which affects our inflation. Some of it is due to the inflation, things just cost more. Some of it is just normal transactional expenses that have been postponed for a period of time, and now we have to pay for it. So I can understand that. I can wrap my head around all of that. So when I look at those five bonds it's really hard to say, well, no, we don't need to spend the money. It's We don't need to do these upgrades. We should just ignore that. But we have debt. We're going to continue to have to pay that debt. Um, the portion of the county's tax rate has been decreasing what we're paying on the debt. So this is going to raise it back up, if you will. I think that the county has shown that they're very responsible and very hesitant to just throw money at things, especially when they don't need to. We have very good representation at the county level. Transferring that down to the city, the city's asking for things. They always do. And I'm going to tell you right now, most of the time they're quite reasonable. Most of the time they're very appropriate. And it's... Honestly, they're just going to keep putting it on there. The only thing that you know I opposed was the, the airport. I, I didn't think it was appropriate for we, the people, to be funding something that should be funded by private money, particularly when the city can still win on that. And then it talks about unfunded projects if uh, <laughs> the city would call yet another bond election. So apparently they need... $36 million for another municipal court. And by the way, I'm using the community impact because it does a nice job of breaking down what's what. Another $190 million for street projects. $95 million for parks, renovations, and new facilities. Don't know about you, but it seems a bit steep. Uh, $68 million for public safety projects, including two new fire stations. I'm going to guess the lion's share of that's going to most fire stations. $10 million for renovations to the downtown library. And another $5 million for renovations to the MPAC. That's McKinney Performing Arts Center. And I got to say, say what you want, but all these are pretty nice facilities that we have in the city. And I like the fact that they're thinking ahead. But, again, we should be setting money aside, I would think, for that. And, uh, I mean, but that's just me. That's my opinion. And don't forget, we've got $48 million for the headquarters for the fire department. Now, again, you see these uh, huge numbers and you're wondering, why in the world is it so much money? Well, again, some of this is inflation and some of this is just creep and uh, the debt, right? All right. On the propositions, right? want to transition to that. This is the statewide thing. I'm going to tell you, my default answer to almost every constitutional question is no. Apparently, uh, items three and four, uh, there's some discussion where they might be a net positive. And, And while I'm talking, I should probably double check and make sure I've got that correct. Because apparently I upset a few people when I put out an old review by somebody else. Hmm. Let's see. Oops, hit the wrong button here, sorry, folks I guess it it really doesn't matter now does it <laughs> I say that uh, <clears throat> every constitutional amendment is written in such a way <sighs> quite frankly that it's both confusing and designed to get the outcome that they want, which is why I always vote no. <laughs> I mean, unless there's something extremely important or practical that we're going to gain a net positive, which is almost never, I will vote no. Now, I know there were two, and you can go look at all the various people that everybody was generally agreed were net positives or good things. But one thing that seems to always be lost to me is why doesn't have the legisl- or why doesn't the legislature have the spine to pass these things on their own? Why are they punting it over to us? this goes back to the old theory, right? We'd rather just push the blame or share the blame with you, the people. Now, you'll note, they're not actually willing to do that with anything that would, well, I don't know, talk about Texas independence or Texas sovereignty. No, 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 they don't want to give us that opportunity. But any opportunity to grow government, expand government in some odd way, uh, sell it as a tax freeze or some such nonsense and they'll get the people to go do what they want them to do. And then they can blame everybody else but themselves. I don't know why that's considered leadership. I I don't know why we see this as a good thing and they're, they're doing the right thing. I look at it as they pass the buck when they don't want to take responsibility for things. And then they claim credit for things they do that quite frankly are no brainers and should have been done months ago. You need to not look any further than our own Jeff Leach in HD 67 two years after the VAX scam. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I say that out loud? Uh, <clears throat> two years after the uh, sting that's supposed to make you all better and the mandates that allegedly didn't happen anymore, according to the feds in the forcibly uh, making people take part in medical procedures that they would rather not, No, no, the Texas legislature decides to finally weigh in. I would say a good mm, 20 months too late to be any good. And with the way they've done it, uh, you know, who cares? They're, they're, they're just trying to make themselves look good. Still waiting on them to fix the border. Still waiting on them to do something about, uh, I don't know, getting the Texas guard to actually focus on their job, which is uh, protecting Texas. Um, And then, of course, there was a little thing where, I don't know if you saw it online, you should look it up. There's a little video of our our man Leach. That's right, HD67 again. uh, Basically tried to kill putting teeth in a bill, single-handedly. But then when he tried to push it off on a senator, uh, that guy got called out in front of everybody. And then promptly changed his tune. Now, I'm sure there's other stuff going on there. I really am. I don't want to put this all on our man Leach, but... I can't help but think that he thinks we're really that stupid that he thinks the rest of the state reps are that stupid yet. It's the same thing again and again and again. And of course he did draw himself an opponent in the primary and I don't know how that's going to play out. And uh, honestly, I'm not sure, but I'm glad we're having opponents. I'm glad we're going to have some contested races. I don't, appreciate the rubber stamp on re-election when people do stuff like that. But if he wins, he wins. That's how it will, That's how it rolls, right? That's what a primary is for. You don't have to like it. You just have to accept it. And again, this is me trying to stay as objective as possible. I definitely have an opinion. I, I definitely have a preference, but what good does it do to get involved in that when it's not in my district? And secondarily, at some point, there might be there might be either a forum or a debate, and I would love to be able to participate in that as a moderator or a uh, per, you know one of the moderators. And I don't want to w- lock myself out of that by making any uh, hmm, endorsements before the correct time. So okay, oh well, and I know I mentioned the fact that. Uh, Apparently, chaplains can't be used in the McKinney ISD school district, but apparently they don't really want to require impl- improvement plans from the various schools. To my understanding, one school, one school came up with a good improvement plan, uh, but the others not so much. And of course, I don't know why that there should be such a challenge on the school board to be able to determine whether or not there's a good plan for improvement I would think that if you're on the school board you actually understand what that is for and what the purpose is and that you set you know targets achievable goals and a way to hold them accountable but apparently that's not necessary when you are the school district again we're going back and forth, right? We've talked about the city. We've talked about the county. We've talked about the state. Now we're circling back to hit on that uh, school district again. Why are we doing this? Well, because there's a lot of stuff going on and I don't want it all lost. And i got to be honest, it's tough for me to keep track of it. And I actually care enough to try and keep track of it. Now, if I was, you know, had a regular uh, get, full-time gig doing the press, if you will, or following media. Yeah, maybe I could keep it all straight. <laughs> I don't. This is a part time gig that pays me nothing. And I'm here at one, at the pleasure of the listeners, and two, for my own purposes. Why? Because if you don't call things out, if you don't watch things, if you don't make them known, there's no way you're going to ever improve things. So there's no way you're going to protect things. And for me, and again, I've been quite honest about this, my overlying largest concern is protecting liberty, expanding liberty. You can't do that if you keep deferring and you keep handing off that responsibility to other people, whether it's the city council, whether it's the school board, whether it's the commissioner's court, or whether it's the state. You got to watch these guys all the time. Now, admittedly, you could say what you want. And look, I have my issues with our mayor. But I don't think he's done a bunch of terrible stuff. I don't like the way he treats people. I don't like some of his policies. I don't like his snap to judgment and locking down people for no apparent good reason. But other than that, there have been some net things. And I would surmise that's why the majority of people like him enough to reelect him. But you got to find a better option, right? So you ran somebody against him or... I was part of that. I shouldn't ignore that. I mean, I was encouraging the people that ran. I said it was a good thing. We should always have all of our elected officials facing an opponent if they're not perfect, which who is. So that should never offend or bother anybody. But if you want to run these races and you want to win these races, you have to have good candidates that have a clear message that can stay positive and are actually qualified to do the job. Now, what's interesting is both the city council and the school district, those people there are the people's representative and they have hired people to manage the city. The superintendent manages the school district. They're, quote unquote, the professionals, So we listen to their feedback. We hear what they have to say. They tell us what's doable, what's not. But we, the people, have our representatives there to guide things and to call for policy changes and to be an effective advocate for the people that they're supposed to represent. I don't see that a lot in either of those situations, but you're never going to improve it if you don't have a viable positive option. How do we get there? Well, I would suggest we should have started already. I would suggest that you ought to be developing that bench. And this is things I've talked about with other people. I've talked about with my own party. I've talked about with actually a lot of people that don't even necessarily disagree or agree with me. It's just that they don't entirely disagree with me. It's like, look, if you want to be heard, if you want to make a difference, you have to play the game by the way the rules are written. And we just don't do a good job of doing that. Now, are the rules hmm, disingenuous? Are the rules... You know, putting us in an uh, awkward situation from time to time. Are they disadvantaging us? Disadvantaging us. Yeah, I, I can say that that's clear, right? But again, the game is set up. The rules are written. Once you know what the rules are, you have to play the game by the rules. Now, yes, I know the other team likes to change the rules. I know the other team ignores the rules. And we're really good at following rules. But we need to understand that sometimes these, <laughs> these rules are not so finely written. They're not so well defined, if you will. They're open to interpretation, and we need to play that same game right back with them. We need to be willing to color inside the lines, but right up to the edge. We need to be willing to comply with the spirit, and if absolutely necessary, the letter of the law, while violating the spirit. You can't improve things. You can't repair things. You can't forward your agenda without being aggressive. If you're always playing defense, you're always losing. It's not that hard. It's not. Now let's talk about something where clearly the guy's not losing. (laughs) All right. So there used to be a restaurant downtown called Sauce. That was my wife and I's favorite restaurant downtown. Yeah, I know the guy that owns it. I guess his name's Rick Wells. He's got a Wells Group investment team, and they do all this thing. You know the thing? I have no hate. Runs a great restaurant, and apparently the uh, steak place is really good, too. They've been there once or twice that I can recall. And the hotel is supposed to be a very nice venue. I've been there, too. Maybe I don't like the guy's politics. Maybe I do. Don't know. Don't care. What I do care about is he has a really nice restaurant. His people are happy to work for him. He looks out for the city and guess what? You get treated well when you go to that restaurant or when you go to that venue. That's all you should be expecting is to get what you pay for and to be treated well. So they replaced sauce with harvest a few years back and it might be more in a few years at this point. My wife and I have enjoyed that as well. And they relocated. Now they're even in a bigger space. And it should be really interesting. I'm looking forward to getting there in the near future and take my wife and have a good night out. But here's the challenge. Can you go out in downtown McKinney and have a good time when you are um, poking the bear sometimes? You know what? I got to be honest. In all the times I've been downtown, I've never, ever had a problem. I know my buddy Kyle not really had any problems. People in general are content to leave you alone. I suggest that if we're not willing to do that, that we're the problem. But if you just let people alone, hey, look, man, I'm not here to do this right now. I'm going to enjoy my nice dinner out with my wife. That goes both ways. There, There used to be a common respect for that. Now, I say this because I'm looking forward to going there and I would recommend it to anybody that would ask. Because if it's 70% as good as the previous location, I'm confident you'll be very happy and blessed that you went there for a nice dinner. You know, and there have been other stores downtown that have closed. There's been other uh, venues and bars and pubs and stuff that have been down there and closed. It's part of the business cycle. It, it's it's brutal to be in that restaurant business. It's, it's brutal to be in any small business. And you have to applaud anybody that wants to put their life's work and their life's savings into opening a business and doing something. So I've always been very annoyed with the McKinney Karens that pitch a fit because somebody's opening a dry cleaner, a donut shop, a nail salon, a dentist office, whatever it is. Well, first of all, they wouldn't move there if they didn't think they could make a profit. Second of all, these people are taking a risk a significant risk. It reminds me when we had like thirty frozen yogurt places in McKinney. The best ones or the ones with the deepest pockets or the most commitment to their craft, if you will, they stuck around they're They're still there. Maybe it was a fad, maybe it wasn't i don't I don't look into it too deeply but we should never be looking down at a small business that wants to open. We should never complain about a business that is prepared to expand. It only benefits the community around them. So I'm very happy that that business is expanding and opening a new facility. Likewise, I'm also very happy that there's a ton of other businesses that are moved in, particularly looking forward to another Sprouts in town. That'd be very nice. Now, you may have heard me uh, I don't know, back in episode 509, I believe, about two weeks ago, where I was riffing on the idea that we should be really proud of ourselves. We've got all these places that sell booze in town now. And I don't, I don't regret that, but I want to make sure I always temper it with anybody that wants to open a small mom and pop shop like that, kudos to them. I'm glad they're willing to do it. They should be able to make a profit and look after their family and perhaps grow into something else. That's fine. You have the larger operations that are going to come in. You know, they run the ads. Whether it's goody-goody or spec or wine and more or total wine, whatever. Don't know, don't care. They're all very nice stores. They have lots of product. And if that's your thing, enjoy it. I'm not sure that it's a net positive for the city. I'm not prepared to say it's a net negative, but what I am prepared to say is I find it ironic that the very people that fret and complain about the fact that there's some store moving in or some business opening up that they don't approve of are silent when it comes to these places. I mean, I'm not enthusiastic about the idea of having a CBD store on every corner. Now, if you go to parts of Oklahoma or Colorado, you might find, well, actually, both of them have pot now, but... I'm not excited about that. You know, every mile you got another store business, but most of the time they're peaceful business owners and they're just looking to get by. That doesn't mean that there isn't bad stuff going on. It doesn't, it doesn't say anything about the community per se, other than that store can make it there. Many ways, the same thing with places that sell alcohol. Again, I'm not going to say I don't enjoy an adult beverage from time to time, but I don't think we need a hundred stores that sell hard liquor. But I don't know what the limit is, and I don't know that I feel comfortable trying to limit it. But that's just me. I'm not sure that it's ideal to have it across the street from a neighborhood or a church, but if somebody wants to spend that money to open up that store, who am I to tell them no? See, it's a challenge. We, we've we had people complaining for years that there's, quote, too many car dealerships on 75, well, let me tell you, I'm glad that we have those there. There's really nothing in Allen like that. And if you get down to Plano, there's really nothing like that except for out on Plano Parkway maybe George Bush. And that, that brings in other businesses. And guess what? As time matures out and there's no longer a need for that store there, it'll be sold for a better purpose. People need to understand you can't plan everything. Central planning is always doomed to fail. It's just a matter of time. You cannot anticipate the needs or the wants of a population. The population has whims and the population changes. It changes with demographics as well as, well, quite frankly, (laughs) fickle. The people can be fickle. Yes, that's true. And, you know, you don't like to say that out loud because I know exactly how it sounds, but it's true. People change their mind. That fat of twenty years ago or fifteen years ago of the having a frozen yogurt chop all over the place, it morphs. For a while with C B D everywhere. Now it's morphed. You know, who cares? As long as there's not a you know crime explosion and the fact that it's, you know, two blocks from your house isn't creating a blight, get over it. Now, if you want to complain about something, let's talk about population density. <laughs> that's something everybody's afraid to talk about, but that's a bigger issue than anything else. Why? Because more people equals more crime. If you don't believe me, look at any statistic, statistical analysis of it. Wow. There we go. I can speak today. I really can. And talk to any of the local police. They'll tell you all about it. But again, who am I? What am I? Oh, that's right. This is callous. The show is named According to Callous, so quite frankly, it's based entirely on my opinion and my understanding of the facts. And occasionally I get things wrong, and guess what? If you let me know, if you show me the evidence, I'll lead off the next show where, hey, I made a mistake here. Until then, we're going to continue on trying to make a difference right here in our backyard. And with that, this has been According to Callous. Oh, and one last thing. Tonight is the night. Operation Underground Railroads in town. They're going to be at <clears throat> 107 East Lamar. That's Redemption Point Church. And they're going to talk about the human, human trafficking issue. For those of you that don't know what that means, think modern day slavery. And on top of that, in a little over a week and a half, the TexitCon is coming to Waco. That's November 9th through the 12th. Now, until then, I'll see you on the other side.